Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. Hi, I'm Amy, general contractor. And I'm Alicia, homeowner, and we're talking home repair. Today we have a special guest on the phone. Amy, who do we have? We have Joy Fire of Inclusive Blacksmithing. Well, Society of Inclusive Blacksmithing, right? Correct. So the Society of Inclusive Blacksmiths is committed to building equity and diversity in the field of blacksmithing. Interesting. The phrase I loved was um, the... Uh, the intentionally inclusive. It's not just yeah. passively. I love that. Intentionally exactly. inclusive. All right. Well, thank you, Joy, for, for joining us. So give us a little background. First, where, where are you from? Where are you located? Sure. I'm located in Southern California, south of L.A., in the general Orange County area. Um, and not all of Orange County is like that uh, old TV show. Uh, it's a very it's a very diverse place. Uh, I, I do appreciate you know, really appreciate being here and try to be a uh, productive and, uh, you know, good member of my community. I live in La Habra. My partner and I bought a home there uh, last year. Again, super, super fortunate. And then I have a shop space that I rent in Santa Ana. Santa Ana is a wonderful um, arts community. It's a long history of artists and artistic folks living here. And I do, in my shop, I do custom metal work of all kinds. I did go back to school recently. I just finished um, my graduate degree, so I got an, an MFA. I came into blacksmithing and metal fabrication through the art world, and I kind of move around in a lot of these um sort of arts and industrial craft sort of spaces that are all fun and interesting. Um, and blacksmithing is kind of my, my main thing. It's my very favorite thing. I, I do, like I said, in my shop, all kinds of metal fabrication, but blacksmithing, blacksmithing is my specialty. It's sort of what I call my foundational craft or practice and everything else kind of comes um, from that. And I've been doing blacksmithing for I think it's 11 years now I was just counting that (laughs) out and inadvertently stumbled upon this custom metal fabrication shop this was in Santa Barbara when I lived up there Um, this kind of small little you know couple of brothers ran this place um, and they were sort of slowly building their brand and their business and I started, I kind of just like begged them to (laughs) let me hang out Um, and then let me start as kind of an apprentice. They had several people they would sort of take on and see if they, you know, how long they would stick around kind of thing. Um, So I started as an apprentice and I just, I just never stopped. What's your worst burn? Oh, (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. I've got a really good answer. Um, In January of this year, I had a little bit of an accident with a propane tank that was overfilled, and I got uh, third-degree burns on 
my arms and face about 14 percent oh goodness was in hospital for a little bit so that was the worst one <laughs> that's man wow you lived up to yeah. the question my gosh <laughs> yeah that's that's got a good sense. got a good story for that now yeah a bit of a malfunction but i have learned um some great information since then and kind of rebuilt my shop and had some mm. help with actually from <laughs> From the propane company, um, they sort of outfitted my, pitted my shop up and updated all my safety stuff. So I, I did get the opportunity from that uh, negative experience to, to be able to learn more about the, you know, what it is I do and being being safe and sort of the code rules and a lot more of the specifications. Because blacksmithing is a funny little craft world kind of hobby thing where it's like everyone is very, very DIY. Mm-hmm. So like everyone's setup is, is pretty different. Um, I have a homemade forge, you know, that I built and it's hard to, to have like the same kind of setup in every shop. But I I do try now to like spread the word about safety for that. Sometimes another thing, blacksmiths often like to ignore safety. <laughs> well, yeah, you want to get into it. You're So, yeah, yeah. I could see how yeah. safety yeah. gets thrown to the side sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. I did a blacksmithing, first time I'd ever done anything like this before, uh, about a month, month and a half ago. Of course, the, the height, height of summer in Seattle, right? It's probably <laughs> 95 that day. Decided to yeah. go do a blacksmith class. Oh, yeah. Oh, my word. Talk about dehydrated, but it was, it's, it's hard work. It is really, but so rewarding. Yeah. It a, is. I got a chance to try one like 10 years ago, you know, a little rigging, okay. rigging thing, but I think yeah. I made a, a plant, a planter holder, yeah. you know, that you anchor on the side nice. of your house. Sure, but, sure. Um, very free form, but it's uh, really cathartic. Yeah. Just, yeah. it is. Oh I think God, I would enjoy it better in the middle of winter, however, <laughs> because that like, was I mean, just that yeah. was brutal. It was hot. It was way hot. I mean, you you, you live up in the in the the cold Northland, so I, I don't know. <laughs> cold, that is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's not going to listen to our whining. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, I have friends that live in uh, in New Orleans and, and like Texas, and I mean, there's uh, wow. There's always I, someone who's in a hotter place than me. <laughs> and, I, and I'm assuming air conditioning is not something that you find in a blacksmith shop. No, no, no that would be, be counterproductive. A little bit of a, I think, yeah, <laughs> it really be pointless, pointless. So, so tell us about the Society of Inclusive Blacksmiths. Where did where did that get started, and and what's your what's your mission, and and everything yeah. about it? Well, a quick, uh, just because you mentioned the class that you took, that was at at Frat, correct? Correct. Yes. And uh, that's just a, a little plug. It's one of our newer partnerships with oh, Society of Inclusive Blacksmiths. We um, just selected our first scholarship recipient that Pratt has funded um, mm. extremely generously. So this is like, I think this is our biggest scholarship because it's for a one-year membership to Pratt Center for Fine Arts in Seattle and classes there and extra support to buy materials. So that was a lot of work uh, done by our scholarship committee and um, we're super excited um, that that's all come together. Right on. Uh, it's, it's one of the an introduction to one of the things we do. So it started in uh, I was thinking about the date, and I'm pretty sure it's 2019, but I don't, don't want to get that wrong. <laughs> but the the sort of genesis story was, and I was my my disclaimer is I wasn't actually at this particular in person event. Um, I think I've been working with Sibs for something like three, two or three years now. Um, like I came into it a little later. So this was an event was basically a group of female blacksmiths friends who had very lived in very different places, but had uh, interacted with each other in different ways and 
kind of tended to have these conversations about blacksmithing and diversity in blacksmithing, specifically since this was all women from the perspective of women being marginalized in this particular craft and the way that women are underrepresented and the ways that sort of misogyny and all of that can come into blacksmithing and really keep people from participating. Mm. So over time, these conversations happened. And then um, a couple of these women, you know, did wrote a grant proposal and got some money together, just organized this really awesome event. It happened up in Oregon. I want to say now it was 19 women. Um, mm. This whole story, the details are on the website. But they got together. They did this um, project. It was like a designing and building this bench project together for the center up in Oregon. The purpose of this event was that this would be an all women blacksmith collaboration event, which was sort of a unique idea. And everyone realized and noticed how good of a time they had basically, and that there was a difference and, you know, people have varying levels of sort of negative and positive experiences, but that this was just like such a positive experience for everyone involved. And then sort of in the conclusion of this project, there was a, a, a meeting and a discussion about, so what, like, what do we do now? How do we make this happen more? Right. Um, how can we just like, uh, we, we all love this thing that we do, blacksmithing, and how can we make it so more people can do it and be safe and supported and, um, you know, happy while doing it. And and this is, is not the, the point of the story is that it's, well, several parts, but it's, <laughs> this is just like a group of people that are like, any other like anyone can do this you know we we call ourselves now the the five of us the governance committee um and that's kind of just filtered through time to, to those of us that have the time and resources to put into this um and it's it, it just sort of has worked out kind of organically as it is but we're just normal people that all like work and and you know have jobs and um we don't we, we want sibs to be you know, the community, everyone, like everyone is SIBS, everyone can be uh, part of this. And so for, in this discussion initially um, up in Oregon, I think maybe they came up with the name, but there was not, there was just like the idea started and, and there were people that were very determined to keep it going. And there was lots of discussion afterwards online. I heard about it through, through one one of the other blacksmiths who was someone that I followed um, and I just sort of contacted the group and said, Hey, I want to be part of this as well. So there was, there was like a Google group for a while. We all had lots and lots of emails, lots of discussion. And it was often difficult discussion. Just like not everyone has the same ideas about what all of this means, but it, in the end, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's sort of, organically and gradually evolved into what it is now, which is the five of us were the governance committee. And we're all women, uh, female identified people. And we are uh, all uh, white people, which is something that we sort of acknowledge and is a, an area that we, we want black women, of course, to be inclusive in, in all of these ways. That was one of the big decisions that came out of the initial discussion is, is first, okay, like, we all have the common experience of being women in this field, we being the people that were there, you know, sort of around the table having this meeting, but realizing sort of right away, as soon as you start talking about that, we're like, well, there's other 
marginalized and intersectional identities with that. You know, some people identify as queer, some people are in the LGBTQ community. Um, and then, of course, the issue of, of racial diversity came up. And there are, it, it is in, in the U.S. and in, in the West, especially, blacksmithing is this exists in this kind of craft world, which is a lot less accessible for people of color because um, it's kind of this this small world already that, um, you know, feels exclusive and is less, again, like I said, less accessible to a lot of different kinds of people for different reasons. So that was an important realization that I really appreciate and I'm glad was designated in the initial conversation um, because I, I, you know, personally, I'm a very, very strong believer in this in you know, you know intersectional feminism and um, that there's, there's you know no one is free until everyone is and that all of this is very much intertwined together and so we with SIBS is is one is as an organization um, very thoughtful in that and, and wanting to be you know as inclusive as possible in all of those multiple ways. I imagine there's the that your mentorship program is a, a major piece of that outreach. To diversify, right? That is is one of our um, great programs. We are in the middle of it now, so the mentorship program is all online and it's all volunteer based. Oh, I see. Um, so, and and we this is one of another one of the discussions is like a lot of folks that um, have the both the experience and then the time and resources to sort of volunteer time are going to be uh, cis white men. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, like you have the, you know, you have this experience, you have this, this gift that you can share with others. Um, so we, we encourage that kind of, you know, participation by everyone realizing that another little tag nine that I like to use is everyone has something to offer and everyone has something to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so we do with this online mentorship program, we have a sort of brief questionnaire and we do try to match people who are identities as well as just like interests in blacksmithing. So, so they have, they have to have their own setup and some experience yeah. to start with. And so then mm-hmm. you, you all are a resource for them when they come across questions or how to advance their skills. Exactly. Yeah. The mentorship project is one, we have a lot of different, you know, programs and we, we try at many different levels to like keep people to get people into blacksmithing and to help people along their, their paths to it. So the mentorship program is one that's geared towards folks, like you said, that already have some experience and that need sort of like, where's the next step and what do I do next? And, you know, how do I build a brand for myself, for mm. example, or how, where do I get more work as a blacksmith or even like artistically, like we, I want to have a discussions about, is this a good piece of work or not? Or I want to learn, better knife making skills so there's a whole variety that's why we have these these questionnaires so people can fill out like what what are your needs and then on the mentor side like what is it that you what's the expertise that you have to offer and so are the discussions via email and message boards or do you have like zoom and facetiming anything you want so we'll match a mentor and i should say too that we, we have different committees for the um for the governance committee kind of we have split ourselves into different subcommittees to sort of deal with all these things so like scholarship has been uh elizabeth bells and lisa geertsen and the mentorship committee has been really spearheaded by andy jolds um 
So basically they, you know, I help on the communications, uh, sort of general communications person. So I help by advertising online, um, answering general emails, you know, doing that kind of outreach and, and communication stuff. Um, so everyone sends in their applications for the mentorship uh, program, and then they're matched by Andrew Jules and um, other uh, folks who work as part of that committee, either temporarily or longer term. So we have some other volunteers that come in and help us, and we're always happy to and want to you know more people involved as much as possible. Um, so those people are matched, and then it's a three-month program, but it's up to, to each individual partnership to decide, okay, like I like phone calls or I only do email or let's meet once a week on Zoom or whatever it is. So you customize all, that with your mentor. Yeah, that's that's sort of you decide what works best for both of you. Cool. It's a, it's a great program. There's been a lot of really great feedback from it. Um, I've actually participated both as a mentor and a mentee myself mm. to kind of understand the experience. And I, again, like I'm not, you know, super special or anything like that. So <laughs> I have lots that I want to learn and in my own practice as well. What would it take to set up a blacksmithing mm-hmm. workshop? Yeah. Right? Like what, how much space do you how need? How much space do you need? What, what, what's your basic equipment that you would need to, to be able to do something? That's a real good question. And one of the reasons why, I mean, a lot of, we definitely like want to encourage folks to have their own setup. But one of the reasons why we work with as many different schools that we can to offer scholarships is because of the difficulty of A, of, you know, the money of purchasing these sorts of tools, B, the space, and C, even finding these tools there, you know, it's, it can be very difficult actually to find, um, you know, an anvil per se or, or a good forge. So, but the basics you would want um, would be some way to heat up your metal, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of important for blacksmithing. And, usually <laughs> and you said you made your <laughs> own, right? You said you made your own yeah, forge. Yeah, I made my own forge. A lot of folks make their own um, Tell me, Tell me forges. about that. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. Mine is based on the design of a good friend of mine who's uh, a blacksmithing genius. Uh, his name's <laughs> Jeffrey Funk, and he runs a school called the new agrarian school in montana Mm. and there's a lot of like science and engineering that goes into a forge the basic function is that it has to heat up metal but once you start to think a little bit in more detail you know it's not just like some kind of fuel that heats up metal and then you know voila there you go but it's the the insulation is highly important Mm. Uh, at least i should say too i have a propane forge a gas powered forge there are of course, cool forges out there, which are sort of the older way to do <laughs> Old things. Old school. <laughs> yeah, and there's plenty of sub shops and schools to use that. Um, it's more difficult in California because um, we, we uh, do like our air to be right. as breathable as possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the perfectly, it's still like a legitimately in use uh, practice, of course, school forging. But so I have a gas forge, which a lot of folks that have small shops like mine are going to have a, a gas forge. Um, I guess it probably depends regionally, but most people that I know forge with propane. Uh, So it has to be really well insulated. Mine's kind of a dome shape that has a door on top and bottom or on front and back rather. The door is is counterweighted. So mine, when I lift it up, it stays where it is. um, And then I close it and it stays closed. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the insulation, you were talking about how hot it was. The insulation is not just to keep your metal hot, but also to keep your shop as cool as possible. Right, <laughs> right yeah. Because uh, any of that heat wasted is heat that just goes into the air. Uh, so what kind and, of insulation uh, are you using? I mean, we're talking sure. what, like 1,500 degrees, right? Probably closer to 2,000. Okay, 2,000 degrees, and that's Fahrenheit. Yeah. So what, what, are, what are we talking yes, right. about for insulation? I can't imagine. So, yeah, a very common insulation material, and one of the best, most insulating is a ceramic fiber blanket. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like the insulation that goes in your house, that pink cotton candy stuff, uh-huh. but um, but different. Right, <laughs> but really dense. For a lot, for a lot hotter, yeah. Right. And, and so you, you so this is insulating fiber. Um, another safety issue that's was sort of overlooked for a while, but is coming a lot more into awareness is the the safety of that insulation because it has silica in it so it's oh, safe yeah. when it's sitting there it's being heated and burnt but anytime you touch or disturb the surface of it either by bumping metal against it or when you're installing it by hand um, it releases the silica fibers which um, of course are really terrible to breathe in because they're super small and they this is the kind of thing that builds up over time so you like don't notice it right away but loads. similar to asbestosis yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. The insulin is really uh, efficient and effective at insulation, but then you want some kind of hard, it's usually called castable refractory. And it's just a cement manufactured, you know, chemically to withstand very high heat. So, mm. uh, but it works like cement. So you can mix it yourself, mix with water, and then, you know, pour it into a mold or whatever you have, uh, you know, whatever way you're going to set it up. Castable refractory is not as efficient at keeping in heat mm. as the ceramic fiber. But again, it's durable and it's safe. It's not, you're not going to breathe in, you know, nanoparticles. Um, so you have to have both of these. I have a, a lining on the inside of the castable refractory. So when I look in my forge, it all is kind of this solid, like cement type look. And then on top of that is a couple of inches of the ceramic fiber insulation. And then over the top of that to protect everything is just by metal sort of uh, shell. So how big is yours? Uh, mine is, well, it's about, let's see, I can, I can measure it right now. I got my, <laughs> the, <laughs> the opening, right, it's nine inches. And like I said, it's a dome shape. Mm-hmm. So the, at the height of it, it goes to about nine inches tall. And then it's 13 inches long. And then it goes a little longer. It has this excess heat chamber on the back end that's, Mm. another mm-hmm. 10 inches or so. So the total length of the whole thing is um, about two feet. What kind of things do you create in there? I, like I said, I came, I came sort of to black knitting through arts, but for a long time, I was really only interested in um, functional design. You know, I thought, mm-hmm. okay, art is like this sort of frou-frou sort of thing. <laughs> I was over that for a while and I decided the only good things to make are something that has a, you know, purpose. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I made uh, uh, what I made on my own when I was working at the shop in Santa Barbara on my own time after work hours. So I made furniture and I still really love furniture and designing and making furniture. So that's my usual answer to when people ask what I make. But the variety sure. is really quite, uh, quite large. Like I, I, like I said, my shop is a custom shop. So I'll kind of I'll take anything you got and uh, <laughs> and, and make it for you. I have right now 
Yeah, I was going to ask that blacksmith traditionally, you know, what in sure. my head was the, mm-hmm. the highly functional stuff, you know, swords yeah. and, and shoes and all that kind of stuff. And so what do you think the percentage now, I mean, is it mm. primarily an art form at this point? Because even if you're making functional things, it's so labor intensive that yeah. it's still kind of a custom piece of art oh, yeah. of sorts. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, And I should say, uh, too, that this is, uh, I mean, of course, I'm you know, here in the U.S., and, and my experience is, is U.S.-based. I know that there are in plenty of places around the world where areas where black knitting is still used sort of day-to-day, making farming implements and, and mm-hmm. repairing tools and stuff. So, But here in the U.S., it, it, it does exist in... Um, What's I would call it the, the craft world a little bit sure. yeah a little bit more than than art I would say that there's kind of high craft yeah high craft although there's the, among the blacksmiths that I sort of interact with and stuff that we talk about is kind of this art craft world is there a divide we want to be in fine arts but we also make these like these all of these sort of complicated conversations about yeah the kinds of things that we make. Um, but it is, like you said, a, a niche thing. And one of the reasons why I love involvement in, in SIBs is I'm making stuff for people that could afford more things than I can, really. Right. Um, <laughs> so I'm making these, these, these you know, very uh, high-end objects. And I love making them. And I think there's they're some kind of, like, benefit to the world by adding you know, something beautiful or thoughtful or interesting so, to it <laughs> sure can can we go back to the to the furniture furniture making that you said that you love to do and i'm thinking of this forge that you have that's mm. nine Two inches across that, okay yeah. you're not getting a chair in there <laughs> no, so no. <laughs> so what so are you are you incorporating welding in there yeah. so you're you're blacksmithing parts of it and then you're welding yeah. it together okay right just yeah, so I, yeah. Super great okay well, i want to make sure i had all the steps there yeah, yeah. not all blacksmiths sort of are welders but i'd say the majority probably know a little bit how to weld with with modern techniques there's forge welding blacksmiths are the first welders which is just you know heating mm. metal up hot enough and squishing it together because it's so hot oh that's kind of cool <laughs> wow. yeah. yeah that's yeah. a whole a whole skill um that is very important in blacksmithing but yeah, I am also a welder sort of by trade and by function. I, I teach welding at a community college, so I'm oh, okay. definitely involved in that side, maybe more than other blacksmiths would be. Oh, okay. What percentage of your time do you do you get a chance to work on your blacksmith projects? Um, my situation is that I work as a teacher teaching welding at a community college. I'll actually be start teaching my first class this semester later today. Um, <laughs> right. in, intro to welding, stick and uh, oxyacetylene. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well have another dangerous tank of chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and explosive gases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Uh, and it's not much cooler really than black nothing, honestly. Right. <laughs> So I do that as, as a sort of day job. Um, like I said, I was just in school recently there. I was uh, working at the TA and doing other like sort of student teaching stuff there. I do. I did like I taught a class in Montana at the school I mentioned earlier this year. Uh, so teaching it definitely has a big part in my life. And then really the other aspect of it is just my personal shop and my own, uh, I suppose, brand, if you will. Um, I do recently started uh, at this uh, gallery, online gallery, selling my work 
there. So I have work available online now. I just started, so I'm kind of curious to see if... And where will we find that? Go ahead and plug it. Oh, yeah, sure. It's called <laughs> uh, Singulart. So th- that is all my own, you know, personal artistic designs. Um, and it is Singu- all Singulart? Yes, Singulart. Cool. Like singular, but with art. Right. Awesome. And uh, so that's like whatever I you know, design what comes out of my own mind, um, free. Mm-hmm. And, and then the work that I do in my shop is someone comes to me with a thing that they want or an idea. And then I, I usually design and, you know, work with them back and forth on that design, but it's, you know, it's, it's their concept basically, or, um, you know, their right. initial, initial thing. So I really, um, I'm grateful to have this online space yeah so those are really really my my jobs and then i'm uh, married and my partner is a professor um at cal state fullerton and uh so he has uh, what i like to call the real job in <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means yeah, yeah whatever yeah. that means yeah. so teacher. um so the society yes. can also be a resource for you know we talk a lot about uh, home repair and decor yeah. and planning and all that kind of stuff. So the website's not only helpful for, you know, burgeoning blacksmiths, but mm-hmm. if I'm looking for custom metalwork done yeah. and blacksmithing type of things, it's a pretty good resource uh, there as well? Yeah, that is a big, still sort of un, unfinished arm of what we want to do because financial support is hugely important. That's something that we're still really working on. We have uh, something called a page on the website called find a friend. That's meant Mm -hmm. to be, um, you know, so you could try to find a community in your own area. That's sort of a small page right now. And I think there's another, what's the other page? Um, Meet the makers. I think it is. Yeah. Featured makers. Yeah. Featured makers. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I've got it right. I've got it up in front of me right now. Good, so. good. So like that one, yep. and this is we're kind of in the in the process. We were just talking in our last meeting about again new strategies to try to figure out how to promote people's work so they can get get more work. So we're kind of in the middle still of strategizing multiple ways to do that. But right now, those are the pages that we have, and hopefully, if you kind of you know look around on our um, Instagram and stuff, we spotlight the folks that. Um, receive our mini grants and our scholarships and stuff so we hope that that starts to get the word out there there's also we have a blog um and we've shared um i share sometimes uh, different articles that i think are, are valuable and interesting but we also people can submit their own uh, stories anytime so just like what you know what your experience is as a blacksmith maybe places that's been have been difficult or places that you know why how has blacksmithing sort of benefited or impacted your life and we've had some really i think awesome stories on there like one that I, comes up to my mind is a, a friend named beck simon who lives in the uk and she wrote this article about um being uh bipolar and <laughs> being a blacksmith and how she manages that and how it you know it can be blacksmithing is is like an important part of her life sort of regardless and or because of that Mm. issue that that she deals with and yeah there's lots of great stories like that and again lots lots more work to do still on changing part of changing sort of the idea of blacksmithing is that sort of cliche and visibility so we want more pictures of (laughs) 
more right. kinds of people doing more kinds of blacksmithing, right? So that's what we, we want to you know, showcase and share to everybody. Right. It's a it's a great website. I love seeing the stories and stuff. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it's it's great, and and I know that uh, I didn't realize that blacksmithing was actually a thing. I knew it was a thing, but uh-huh. you know, years ago, and you know, if you had horses that you had to shoe yeah. and, and sure, things like yeah. that. But as far as you know, as as a as a hobby kind of thing, right. it was like well, I, like a viable practice. But I think it's becoming more and more um, mainstream. Uh, notice mainstream, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly, and and. Yeah. Um, I would love to see more and more shops available for people yeah. to go play so they wouldn't mm-hmm. have to create their own their own workshop. Yeah. Right. I mean right. there's a liability huge. thing there, but anyway. Yeah. It's yeah, it's just the resources really is the hardest part, I think. I think it's exciting, like you say, when you're putting a house together or doing mm-hmm. a renovation and you kinda of want mm-hmm. just one special piece. Yeah. The fact that it can be functional, you know, yeah. like in the extreme like a railing. You know, but it'd be very expensive, but a custom railing would really just be that quite a showpiece while still being oh, yeah. functional. But if you made it yourself, how cool would that yeah. be? Yeah. Could that be oh, off yeah. the hook? Yeah. That, that's railings. way down the road. It's <laughs> doable. It's doable. Yeah. yeah. So that website is inclusiveblacksmiths.com. It is a great website. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Love the stories and everything. That's great. Yeah, if you're looking for your own, uh, you know, home reno stuff, you just always try little searches on on your Google and your Instagram because you might you might find these, you know, places that you didn't even know existed. Like, yeah, this like great thriving blacksmithing community that's uh, right under your nose. So look around for them. (laughs) We do. I'll mention on the on the website as well. There's a new page that's called uh shops and schools i think or something like that it's under resources so that's another place that we're starting to, oh yeah shops to, great yeah to try to share those kinds of like what's in my area um so the like the shops are different folks who have signed on to what we call our code of conduct and you know it's just individuals like myself who might have a shop or might do classes or you know it's a great, great variety of things and then there's other schools, the ones that we partner with for our scholarships that sign on to the code of conduct. So, so hopefully we can, you know, we want to keep expanding that all over the U.S. and you know, who knows, farther than that even, <laughs> some right. some dream time in the future. Um, yeah, so that's also I should mention that one's a good resource. Maybe you'll find a shop in your area that way too. Cool, awesome. And you and you know you're you're supporting like you know thoughtful talented stuff folks that way <laughs> right right yeah. great well thank you so much for joining us this has been this has been great and very oh, inspiring i'm going to go take very another inspiring, i'm yeah. going to go take another blacksmith class yeah oh my gosh until the fall however <laughs> that's not about advice i would say it's not right. bad advice but everyone should try blacksmithing really and everyone yeah everyone everyone's welcome to you know right <laughs> and and here in seattle we're very fortunate that to have yeah fortunate to have a Pratt uh, sure. fine arts school and and the class that I took was was yeah. relatively inexpensive and it was an all women's class oh was it Which, oh, yeah so that was that was kind of cool um yeah and they do a welding class as well so you know it's 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 out there it's available yeah get so your, if you're get your interested or know anybody else that is into blacksmithing and wants to get on the inclusive blacksmith web- website yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, I was going to plug our, our donate if you like the idea of what we're doing. You know, all the scholarships that we, we get to give out are because we have fundraisers and it's all community. You know, none of us can do it on our own. So it's this whole right. awesome. community support. 
Thank you so much, Joy. I really appreciate the time. I, I appreciate being on. I, I really do. And uh, if I was uh, in Seattle, I'd uh, hit you up for my own uh, home renovation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Joy. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.